Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. We've returned from the Greater Niagara Fishing and Outdoor Expo where we filmed the 2023 virtual Great Lakes Fishing Show. I'll be bringing you every interview from the show over the next few months. And this one kicked off the show. Captain Matt Yablonski from WetNet Charters in Western New York is the guest. We discussed weighted steel for King Salmon, fishing the Niagara Bar, and more. We're joined by my co-host, Trevor Sumption from Fishhawk Electronics. Tell us a little bit about where you fish and kind of what is your bread and butter piece of water? Where are you kind of doing your thing? All right. Well, my uh, my boat's docked in Wilson at Bootleggers Cove Marina. So I'm 12 miles east of the Niagara River. So we try to fish between Wilson and the bar. And the bar is the structure out in front of the Niagara River. So that piece in between we call Six Mile. It's right where the river water kind of turns and heads north. There's always some structure there and some current, uh, color change. Holds fish pretty much every day of the year. So one of my favorite spots down there near Six Mile between Wilson and the river. When does the season kind of start out there? When do you start getting going out in that area? Well, I've got two boats. I've got my 21-foot lawn that I use for the river in Lake Erie, and I can also do it for Lake Ontario. So right now it's rigged up, ready to go. As soon as the brown trout start showing up, I get out there. Usually. You're fishing now, right? Yeah. I mean, when the weather when the weather permits. Yeah. Well, there's no ice this year. There's no ice on Erie, Ontario. So I was out actually on Monday trying for brown trout, but our water was a little too dirty and a little too cold, and um, we had one on and lost it. But So we're ready to go. Um, usually mid-March is when the fishing starts to get pretty good on our end of the lake. Very cool. This show is great because it kind of gets things going before people really start getting out on the water. It gives everybody an opportunity to come in, see what's going on, seeing what's new. Um, you know, we're kind of doing the same with you today. Tell right. us a little bit uh, <laughs> about weighted steel for salmon fishing and, and sure. kind of how someone would get started with that. Well, weighted steel, um, is, it's been out for a while. And what it is, it, it it's a long line. It's a heavy line that you use. So it is your main line. So it's like a lead core, copper, weighted steel. It's a long line. Um, and it, the line is the diving device. And so you don't need a diver. You don't need a downrigger. It just, uh, you know, it gets down to where the fish are. And the more the more you use, the deeper it goes. So, for example, like a 200-foot section of weighted steel is going to run about 40 feet. So if you go to a 400-feet section of weighted steel, you're going to be somewhere, you know, 70, 80 feet. All right, how, how does that compare to people who maybe have been running copper programs, something like that? How does weighted steel, what are the advantages and disadvantages to going to weighted steel compared to copper? Um, well, weighted steel doesn't go as deep, but it's still close. Uh, they say copper is like 22 feet per 100 feet out, and weighted steel is around 20 feet. So even on a 300-foot section, you're still within six feet of where a 300 copper would be. Um, so, you know, a fish can come six feet and no problem. You know, it's trout and salmon, I've seen them come up from the bottom from 100 feet and hit a, a 40 rigger. So that extra six feet really doesn't make too much difference. Um, the versatility is it's so user friendly. It doesn't it doesn't kink, it doesn't knot, it doesn't tangle. So, you know, it's just letting it off the spool comes off really easy. And I've done videos where I've dumped 300 feet in the bottom of my boat, big old giant mess, and then just held it and just reeled it right back up. That's the user-friendly part. You can't do that with copper. Now, are you running it segmented the whole time, or are you running it off the counter? I mean, are you running 300-foot segments, or are you running 200-foot segments, or are you running, you know, are you actually dropping it and fishing it off the counter? I usually just use segments. Okay. You know, I've got a 200, 
uh, in segments of 50 feet all the way up to 400. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really use anything less than two or over four. Um, you know, I've got, I've got some smaller lead core sections if I want to go higher and downriggers and divers to go deeper. But, you know, I just, um, I have the sections, but, you know, you can take a, a 400 weighted steel and only put 200 feet out, run it behind your boat. Sure. So now it's running. That's, that's the thing I always like, you know, as kind of a small boat angler, that's what I was like struggling with, with copper was, it's like, okay, well you need, you know, if you're going to run, you know, a copper program, you're going to have, you know, eight rods set up. Right. Well, I mean, I don't have storage for eight <laughs> no. rods to, to run in the boat where that's where it seems like one of the real appeals of the weighted steel is, is like you get that versatility where you can, you know, because you can run it off the reel a little bit that, yeah. you know, it, it, it uh, just fishes nice. So. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I do do that. You know, if, if I'm not sure where the fish are at, run one down the middle, use my 400, my 300 sure. and just put it out 200 yeah. and then 250, maybe 300. You Try can and easily, dial it in yeah, that can way easily just then, dial it sure. in. You know, and it, it it lays nice on the water. It lays nice off the reel. It's it's just um, it's just it's just a lot user friendly in my opinion. Yeah, very <laughs> good. So I, I I actually forgot Trevor. I forgot to introduce you, Trevor Sumption from Fish Hawk Electronics. Well, I, I need no introduction. Chris. I was yeah, more important than Trevor this morning. Yeah, yeah you have the golden mic. I got that, the that's the, mic. you know I, yeah. I mean, anybody whoever has the golden mic is the most important. You know, for say that. that. Yeah, for we, we get silver mic, so you get the gold. Yeah, mic. I appreciate yeah. it. So. Why would someone use uh, weighted steel compared to something else as far as getting that weight down there? We, we talked a little bit about, I guess, the comparisons between copper, but why why go that route anyway instead of using maybe inline weight or something like that? Well, it's just if you're using an inline weight, that's just one more thing you got to take off the line, one more thing you got to clip in, one more thing you got to store or possibly lose if something happens. You know, with the weighted steel, it, it just undulates in the water, it gets a nice flow. And it's just, you know, you put it out and kind of set it and forget it. So it's a little, you know? little stealthier look sure. as well. Yeah. Very stealthy, and it's just so easy to use. Um, you know, the the snap weights, you know, you, you get a totally different look for those. So I just... Uh, you, you you fish both lakes, right? Sure. I mean, you're fishing Erie and Ontario, probably Ontario more now with, Correct. The, with the boats now. But do you, do you use it on Erie for walleyes? Have you... Have you, have you... I do later in the summer. Later. Later in the summer, uh, 200, 250 weighted steel works great to get down. You know, at walleye speed, my 200 goes down about 50, 55 feet. And that's usually where the thermocline is on our end of the Lake Erie and near Buffalo. Um, so the 250 and 200 weighted steels work great. And you don't have to let as much line out. You know, guys are running their, their 10 color leads and stuff, and I'm running a lot shorter line. That kind of ties into Mark's question here on, off of YouTube as far as the fishing and traffic yeah, yeah i can oh. see where that's a i can see where that's an advantage sure. you know fishing the shorter lines yeah the less line you have out the better yeah. you know guys running behind you you're not you know they're not running your tackle and you can do shorter turns you know shorter quicker turns to maneuver with it because your lines aren't that far away from the boat yeah so mark asked uh, under what conditions can we target kings on the bars we're talking about niagara bar <clears throat> or should we versus fighting all the traffic fishing the drop off well, the drop-off is basically what people consider the Niagara Bar. So when you, there's a red marker buoy out there that marks the shipping channel, and that's basically the east end of the, of the bar. That's kind of where the drop-off starts. It's real gradual, but you can still see it on your, on your GPS. You can see those bars getting tight, and when they get real tight, there's another half a mile to the west, and from there, the Canadian line is the drop-off. So, you know, six mile is where it starts to flatten out. So sometimes they want the edge, sometimes they want that that flat. 
So it's kind of hard to say. You just usually play the wind, and that tells you where, they, where they're going to be. Tell me a little bit about the terminal tackle you're using when you're going to use weight steel. Uh, my, my terminal tackle, I use uh, Takota 800, and I have a Tolora um, copper lead core weighted steel rod that has non-ceramic eyes in it. And that Tolora rod with that 800 Takota just holds, holds anywhere up to my 400 weighted steel with no problem. How many rods would you typically run there spread that have the weighted steel on Well, if, if I'm going to, I normally don't run more than three. I'll run one on a board on one side, <laughs> one on a board on the opposite side, and then if I need to, I'll run one down the middle. Um, I don't typically run with a mate on my boat, so I try to keep my rods to a minimum. Where a lot of guys that have mates will run 10, 12, 13 rods. Uh, my basic rod spread is seven, and then I'll go to nine if I put my two boards out, and, and that's where I'll put my weight. And if you're running one down the chute, are you running that a, a are you running that a long one? Are you running that a deep one? Or are you are you usually a deeper one yeah. to get it away, get it away from the boat a little more, and get it down down so when I'm bringing my divers in or my downriggers in, they don't kind of tangle on it. So typically, you know, 300 weighted steel is what I put down the middle if I'm going to run a shoot rod. Got a message here from Johnny Quest. This is a good question. Hello, guys. What length of leader do you prefer from your steel to lure? Usually about 30 feet. Um, I just, uh, I don't know if shorter or longer is better, but I like 30 feet. Um, I've heard that if you go longer than 30 feet, your lure will start coming back up. Um, so I use 30 oh, yeah. feet. And then, you know, if I have to cut it off a little bit, I'll cut it down to maybe 20. And once it gets to around 20 feet, then I'll switch my leader out. Trevor, do you got anything else for Matt on, on the weighted steel program? Yeah, it just it just seems like a really versatile option. I mean, I I think probably a lot of people watching, you know, or that will watch over time have had experience with copper. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, you bung a copper up one oh, time man. and you're not going to. You're not going to forget it, right? No, you know, where, exactly. And, and I think that's really the, uh, you know, and, you know, and then at the same time, it's like once you get something set up, you know, you're, you're not you're not super anxious to go out and change your whole program again. So right. I think it's kind of one of those things that, you know, maybe the earlier you can get started with it, the better off you are, yeah. uh, you know, kind of learn from <laughs> learn from those experiences that others have right. had maybe. And, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, maybe a good, uh, uh, you know, something if you're if you're just setting up a boat, you know, that. Weighted steel really just sounds like a good place to start, as opposed to, you know, trying a bunch of different stuff up front. And yeah, well, it's it's very versatile and it's user friendly. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with copper. Copper works, yeah. but it's just not as user friendly. Even when you're setting your line out behind the back of the boat, if if uh, if a diver goes off and you leave that rod, you come back to it, it's usually a bird's nest of nasty copper yeah. all tangled up. With the weighted steel, it just kind of just flows off Does the reel thing, with no yeah. problem. So that's a major advantage to it. And um, you, you were saying, um, I forget what you were saying. I, was, I, had a, I had something to add to what you were just saying. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, he, I think he hit it with the, you know, just with the, with the, the user-friendly part of it. You yeah. know, just, I mean, again, I mean, anybody that's fish copper, you, you know, you kind of got that story. It's right. like, oh, this one time, you know, oh, you know you're, right. you're cutting it apart and trying to splice it. Right. And, whole, and, you know. and the other thing with copper, too, is once you've taken it on and off the reel so many times, I believe that not where it's attached to your backer, sure. gets weak. That was one of my first bad experiences with a copper. I put it out, and we saw a fish on the fish finder. And it was, oh, he's down there. So grab it and jig the copper. Grabbed it and jigged it, and it broke right off at my backer. I'm like, what the heck happened? Well, that copper's so soft that it just, just created a kink that you don't see because it's in that reel. With weighted steel, you don't have that problem. Um, there's a new way of terminating it now. It's a hollow core. I'm going to be talking about that in my seminar today at 4 o'clock. 
on how the, 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 the new weighted steel comes with that hollow core on the end. So it's easy to terminate. Termination has been an issue for a long time. I've got my way to do it and it's kind of foolproof, but it, there's a lot of knots involved. So, so what is the, what does the, can you tell us a little bit about the, the hollow core part of it? I mean, that's a, yeah. yeah. Well, the hollow core, it's like the old school Chinese. Yeah. That, that's what, that's what I'm, that's you know what I'm mean? envisioning. Yeah you, yeah. you put it in and then it tightens it up. Yeah. So you need an overhand knot and it, it tightens it up. It's almost similar to a lead core. Like knot. a Willis, like a Willis knot on a, on a lead yeah, core. That's exactly. what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's very, okay. very similar yeah, to that. Cool. So it's smooth through the guide, smooth on the reel. Right. There's no, um, there's no swivel. There's no, you know, there's no metal inside your your reel anymore to get bunged up on your eyes or anything. And it's gonna, it's gonna really help everybody get started with the, I, with the way it's. I feel like we're kind of in a fishbowl here with the, you know, we got the live show going on <laughs> behind us, and you know, you know, nobody can see, but everybody's walking by. What in the hell are these guys know, doing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've been sitting here now for we had things set up yesterday, and you know, all the people that are the vendors have been walking by. They're just kind of like, what happened? But now the general public is walking by. Right. Like, What's going on? Guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're just randomly talking to nobody. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we're going to have Paulus on here in about seven minutes. Yeah. And then it's going to be really weird because we're going to be just talk, talking. Right. Talking talking about, yeah. like, here. right, right. But uh, we, we've got a, a question. And again, this is probably a little more general. It's okay. Uh, from, from Meat Man over on YouTube. And he says, uh, with the advancements in technology, what would you say would be your most valuable asset? I'm thinking he's probably talking about fishing, not just like maybe you got something cool at your house. It's my fish hook. I love. No, I did Come not. On. I did you not. See that coming? I did not pay you to say that. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fish out in front of the Niagara with two mile an hour current down there. So most people wouldn't just drive their boat at four, four point two mile an hour on your GPS because you would think you're going too fast. But with that one and a half mile an hour current, the fish hook tells you I'm doing two six, two eight, and I'm at fishing speed. You know, normally you would just keep your GPS there. You would, your lures are just swimming through the water without moving at all. So having the right speed and temperature is golden. All right, a couple of questions now coming in here. I like this one from Nick Cook. Nick uh, asks, basically advantages, disadvantages, the weight steel, copper, lead core. Does the weather and the water clarity make any difference as to what you would choose? Not really the weather or the, well, if it's, if it's really wavy out, most of the time, my long lines stay in the boat. I'm a four-diver, three-rigger guy when it's really wavy and bumpy. Other than that, you know, they'll all run about the same if you're running them on any type of planer board. You know, the calmer, the better. And then when it starts getting really wavy, they all go away. So I don't think there's an advantage there. <laughs> that, the that's something I noticed about, you know, captains like Matt, you know, guys that catch fish consistently is they let you know you guys let conditions tell you what you're going to do you're not going out every day with a preconceived you know this is what i do i'm going to do this every day and i'm going to do it the same way no i mean you know it's like okay well this is going to be a mess sure uh, so i'm going to fish the way i can fish to be efficient and right. i think that's where i think that's you know I notice that with guys where you know a lot of us have a tendency to well i'm going to put everything out that i had out yesterday just because it worked well you know, you just have to react. Right. To that, so. Some, sometimes I only run five rods just to be move, more maneuverable. If I've got a pot of fish that's only a half mile wide, if I've got boards out and I've got long lines, I got to make these huge, long sweeping turns with three riggers, two divers. I can, can just spin turn on go. a dime yeah. and go fish, 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 instead of waiting 45 minutes to get back to my right. fish. So um, yeah. when it's high sun, flat water, really calm, that's when your weighted steels are really going to show their, their, their worth. Cause the fish are a little more spooky, a little bit more away from the side of the boat. 
you know, so that stealth definitely helps out. All right. So we're going to be talking a lot of trolling over the next four days, but one of the things that I keep seeing more and more of are guys going out and trying to jig fish up. And uh, I think when it comes to Kings and these types of things, it, it becomes even more exciting and more fun. Uh, Mark Holiday asks any suggestions for when to try to jig up a King on the bar. Early. If you want to jig, want to jig Kings, you want to get here late April, early May. They'll even come right into the river channel. There's a green marker buoy. I mentioned the red marker buoy. That's the outside shipping channel. The green marker is the inside shipping channel. And in there, the river river channel is 85 to about 65 feet deep. Comes up to a spot that's 20 feet. So you can actually catch kings on that first rise coming out of the river in in April. You know, before before because they a move live out. wire having smoking one on a jig. I oh mean, yeah, it, it's it, pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wee. So that's <laughs> oh yeah. We've uh, we we fish lake trout on that <laughs> on that area of the bar with maglips, Yakima maglips, and the last few years, which is the way the springs have come about, we've had kings mixed in with a lake trout. You know, we're running ten pound test with a little plug and medium medium heavy rods, seven to eight and a half feet. Same thing, just coming to rip it, yeah. yeah. So when those kings get in there with those lake trout, it's a great time to jig because you'll get you'll get a whole you'll get all kind of stuff. There's cohos, there's browns mixed in, so. But you want to be closer to the river when you when you do that. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, for uh, sure. So your charter is wet net fishing charters, and you're you're in, out of Wilson most of the time. Um, but you do move if, if you need to move. Yes. Uh, people want to reach you. Uh, they can go to your website at getthenetwet.com. Uh, and then we were talking before the show. You just returned from Costa Rica. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Oh man, if I if I could uh, if I could could have stayed longer, I would have. Um, we caught mahi we caught tuna mm -hmm. we caught sailfish bluebird skies gin clear water we saw big huge leatherback turtles spinner dolphins flying fish i mean i tell you what if uh living right when you're well, doing that i'm telling yeah. you <laughs> you know in costa rica is still it's still reasonable enough where you can do a fishing trip you know it was just me and my wife you know we didn't have a bunch of people we rented a car we stayed at a couple different places it's it's reasonable enough the food that you can do it without really breaking the bank you know, and the fishing, the fishing down there in, in South America is off the chart. Yeah. And, and pretty nice down there this time of year. Oh, yeah. Be yeah. Better than. than <laughs> there, right? Oh, yeah. I was, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah, we we we, um, we had a snowstorm as we were leaving. We sat on the tarmac in Buffalo looking out the window and you couldn't see the couldn't see the wings. We're like, this is not going to be good. We're stuck in Buffalo. Yeah, we want to go to Costa Rica, yeah, yeah. you know. So after about sitting there for another extra hour, the uh, we got a break in the weather and off we went. So and then it snowed for another four or five days and we were happy with our. It was and, and you didn't uh, care. No, we were on yeah. the beach getting sunburned. It was right. perfect in February. <laughs> right, very good. Very good. Well, Matt, really appreciate you hey, taking thanks, the time Chris. to come see us. Uh, good to see thanks, you, Trevor. Yeah, yeah, good seeing you. Also yeah. coming to the show and just sharing yeah. your knowledge with the people in the show. I know you got a seminar coming up here later today. So. Yeah. Uh, just great to have you and great to have you here in the building as well. Thanks. Anytime. Anytime. Just let me know and I'll. Uh, give you some useless information. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Matt Yablonski, Wetnet Charters. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.